Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. I'm my chip ups, man. I got this, yeah. What's up, ankle pickers? We're back. We're having a great time. We got a full panel of, of the good panel. Starting off, I got my fellow capper, Danny. Danny, how we doing? We're doing all right. Long we're day of work, but we're getting after it. This is Making the work, money man. today. This is the work. We're all in headbands. We're in solidarity for whatever month it is. We also have Kobe, our our resident host of our point five episodes that come every Monday. Look out Can you get his name right? It's Country Club Kobe. Country Club Kobe, Vegas Kobe, whatever you want to call him to diminish him. And he's also the host of our point five episodes, and he also is a, uh, uh, the lead of the main event challenge. Kobe, how are we? Can confirm it's December. I'm doing good. Thank you for that. And we also have Parker and Parker's girlfriend. So we have a full crowd today in a room with some sort of television show on. What's up, boys and guys? Uh, we, we traded Shiner in for Hannah, so I think that's a win. Absolute win. We could have traded Shiner for a bag of lit dog shit, and it's a win. <laughs> <laughs> but he didn't listen Not to Not to compare Hannah to, to whatever. No, Hannah, you're much better than a bag of lit dog shit. Uh, <laughs> even, you know more than Parker to begin with. So that's good stuff there. That's everyone tuning in this week. And then maybe like the three or four listeners we get on a weekly basis. So starting off, we got stars of the week, our new segment, which is an absolute blast. We recap last week's card in a much quicker fashion. I'll start off this week with Jake Collier and not, not Jake Collier. We're familiar with the fat Jake Collier, the Jake Collier that looks like a different human altogether, but his endurance and his striking looked the best I've ever seen it personally. And especially for that heavyweight division, that cardio that lasted all three rounds in an absolute brawl uh i'm excited to see what he has to offer if anyone's willing to stand up with this guy i i seriously will always potentially give him a nod he looked crisp and as good as ever i don't know about always but his cardio looked impressive and his, his strength never faded which really surprised me mm-hmm. go ahead dan you you got the next star of the week i believe so yeah my first star of the week is one of my favorite prospects Ilya tapuria the georgian invasion is here uh, this fight kind of went how I thought it would in terms of them both staying on their feet. They both are incredible grapplers, and I thought that they might respect that and it'd be in a stand-up battle. I didn't see Ilya picking him as a part as thoroughly and as quickly as he did. Absolutely dominant performance for him. His combos were crisp, crisp and precise. Unbelievable. Let's go, Ilya. War to yeah, absolutely insane. We were talking about all the prospects on this card, but I think Ilya Tapuria will hold the longest longevity. He was beyond impressive. And just the thought of that guy improving scary. Kobe, go ahead with your star of the week. Jordan Monkey King Levitt. Prospect comes on the scene. He's in the cage for, excuse me, the octagon for what, 15 seconds? And he framed Wyman, slammed into the, whatever, slammed into the mat. Just a weird finish. And a little bit of a scary finish. But you know what? Props to Jordan Levitt, all legal. And uh, kind of a psychopath-looking kind of guy. You listen to him. Definitely psychopath. Definitely. Personality is definitely a psychopath, too. He's a weird guy in the interviews. 
And, and the thing that was most impressive about his knockout is it was intentional. And that's what's so crazy about it is he was setting up that elbow to the lower jaw slash throat area and that it was lights out instantly, but it was great to see the longtime vet get up after that. Cause I was worried about, I was worried about Wyman for a little bit. Uh, Parker, you also have a star of the week this week. Let's hear it. Oh uh, yeah. Mine is sweet dreams. Hill. I'm pretty <laughs> sure that OSP's nickname to be sweet dreams. Cause that guy got fucked. Um, I know this, this whole podcast doesn't like OSP. So happy no. with that outcome. We're a residential fade OSP podcast, and I believe he was in all of our cappers parlays this week. No, Danny laid off because he's a pussy. I was on him. I actually, I, t- I took an L this week with OSP. and Oh, I forgot you were on OSP. You faded last second because we were talking. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're on OSP. Yeah. We always preach experience here anyway, so I don't blame you there. It's just, it's, it's hashtag fade OSP week every week, and that's just the name of the game. So... Second star for me, I'm going to take the main event here with my Italian brother in. I did 23 and me, and I'm 1% Italian. And so me and Martin Vittoria are brothers in that manner. But he looked great. I faded him. I took Jack Romanson like a fool. And the reason why is strictly cardio-based. From all the tape I saw, I thought this five-round fight, being a five-round fight on short notice, I thought Jack Romanson was going to go the full distance and dominate Martin Vittoria. I knew him... Losing the, the first might have been a problem, but I did not expect him to lose the first three and then even the later rounds too. Marvin Vittori stuck with it, continued to – good output in my opinion, and he continues to be a true threat in this division. I'd love to see him get a title shot soon. Definitely. Can I agree. second star? Well, his, it, I just want to touch on Vittori. His takedown yeah, defense really impressed me. And the other thing that impressed me was his ability to kind of pick Hermanson apart even though Hermanson was technically longer than him. And Vittori was kind of the guy who was staying on the outside of the range and being able to kind of dictate his exchanges, although he technically was at the disadvantage in reach, and that was really impressive. But my yeah, second Vittori, star... Well, one, one more thing on Vittori quick. Vittori's the type of guy who, he's super intense, and you like to see when guys believe they're always going to win. It usually works out for them. I know Colby Covington's one of those guys that just truly every time he steps in the octagon, he knows he's going to win no matter what. I love seeing that. Martin Vittori is the same way, dude. Every time I see Martin Vittori step up, he's acting like he's this guy's worst nightmare, and he usually is. And I think Jack Hermanson, although a amazing performance as far as he never gave up, even when he got dropped in the first, he held on and continued to pile it on round two, three, four, five. And I'm impressed with Jack Hermanson's heart, but Marvin Vittori proved to be too much. And I'm, ex- I'm excited to see not only that rematch with Izzy in the future, hopefully, but him to continue to work through this middleweight division. Now go ahead, Dan. Well, <laughs> Sorry, yeah, I'm no, obsessed with my Italian brother. I still think if they rematch Izzy, I think Izzy gets the job done and knocks him out. But moving on. This will on, be a 30-minute my... fight. Yeah, this will be a 30-minute fight. <laughs> go ahead. But moving on. Uh, my next star was actually our ankle lock, Roman Dolidze. Um, he fought an unbelievable three-round fight, 15 minutes against John Allen, who was tougher than I expected in all honesty. But Roman looked absolutely dominant in that fight, even talking to his coach early in it, being like, how do you want me to finish it? You want me to take the heel hook? I got you. And he almost got the heel hook finish. Obviously, he Got the decision in the end. The split was a little bit weird, and there was some fun commentary on who the judge was. I don't want to get bogged down on the judging, but obviously that should have been unanimous, and 
Dolize is another prospect that has a really bright future ahead of him. And fuck Chris yeah. Lee. I agree with you. And that was good for both of us too. And as Kobe touched on, terrible judging out of Chris Lee there. But Danny, that was one we both hit on. And that was that was good for our nights for sure. Yeah, it was our ankle lock. So we advanced to ankle lock. And I believe both – Dan, do you have a third star? Because if not, we can transition this from right ankle lock. Okay. I don't. So transitioning to ankle lock, our ankle lock of the week now moves to 6-2 and two with the Delice win last week. We do have two dogs or maybe even three dogs sprinkled in on there. So overall, 6-2, and two, not bad. We'll get average odds for you out soon because we actually do a tough – job picking not just the minus 500 favorites that are obviously going to be a lock, but we try to get you some dogs or close to even value money to make it worth locking in. So six and two on the ankle lock. Well, we also should get a potential uh, how many units they'd be up if they only rode the ankle lock. That'd be pretty cool because that definitely has a lot of confidence in it for us because Danny and I spend a lot of time obviously taping, but also it takes a while longer than people would think for us to agree on what to lock in. Sounds so like a new, item. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, as long as we're up, right? <laughs> our so could, carrying on with that, our new lock for this week to try to advance to seven and two. Danny, have, Danny and I have come up with Mackenzie Dern, and Danny's sworn off women's MMA, rightfully so. But I have done a lot of time trying to talk him into this one, and it worked. And he is he is locked in on it as well. The reason why I like Mackenzie Dern so much, I placed it early at minus 170. It's already starting to steam a little bit higher. But Mackenzie Dern is someone who is going up against a girl who wants to do jiu-jitsu. Her main game plan is to work the ground, wants Mackenzie in her, in her guard. The thing is, Mackenzie, as Danny and I were talking about, we think she might have the best jiu-jitsu in women's MMA. I wouldn't be surprised if it is the best jiu-jitsu in women's MMA. And you have to remember that jujitsu and competitions versus MMA jujitsu is very different. You are getting punched. You are, you have to work into the takedown from potential striking. And there's a lot that goes into MMA jujitsu versus just base jujitsu as Danny's aware of being that honorary white belt of the pod. So we think that Mackenzie Dern is set up really well for victory here. And I think the matchmakers over at the UFC are trying to, to make her a star. And so they're giving her, matches that really play into her game plan. And I think Yanaroba here is a very winnable match. And I think Danny's inclined to agree. Well, yeah, this is one where I agree with you. I love this pick. I love Mackenzie Dern, but I don't think that this is a cakewalk of a match. I do think that Jan Jehovah has some of the most formidable jujitsu besides Mackenzie in this division, but as you alluded to, it's pretty easy to convince me when someone has the prestige that they do in terms of their grappling and specifically their BJJ. And although Mackenzie does a great BJJ for MMA, she's got her fair share of uh, world titles and, and traditional tournament jujitsu as well. She's just someone that I'm, I'm a huge fan of and it was pretty yeah. easy for me to go along with, although that wasn't as you mentioned, where my head was initially at, but yeah, and, and don't, a stud. yeah, and don't forget to Dan swore off women's MMA for one, so that already was the hard to get him into. The other thing too is you have to remember when you look at a girl like Mackenzie Dern fighting a girl like like Yanaroba, she Yanaroba's no slouch at all. Period. Against almost any other girl, Danny and I would be clamoring at the jaws to ride her. We rode her 
uh, a couple podcasts back as well. I just really love the matchup for this one. And I've kind of liked it since it first got announced. And the tape that I watched throughout the week just confirmed my initial beliefs. And I'm really excited for this one and so excited. Uh, just a little preliminary. I already have a good amount of units riding on it early. So that'll come on the ankle, po- ankle pick pod Twitter later in the week. But that is definitely going to be locked in. So moving on from ankle lock, we got news and notes. Danny, you can lead us off with news and notes because I know even through your new work schedule, you are significantly more into the Twitter sphere than I am. Well, yeah, I, I guess we'll kick off into something that we can both mention on. Uh, something that a trend that kind of started last week with Yoel and now we're seeing Rachel Ostevic, but Dana really hit on, hit on the head in his post-fight interview. We're going to see a lot of cuts towards the end of the year. Specifically, yeah. Dana called out at least 60. And yeah. uh, he, he mentioned that there are going to be a couple more big names besides Yoel. He was kind of talking on a Yoel question. But he said that there are going to be some names you're surprised about, and they've really got to shorten the roster. There's all these contender series guys that they've signed that want to fight, and they don't have room for the so-called veterans that aren't as active. Yeah, it's interesting you say that because that's my first news and notes as well. Romero cut. Uh, we also talked about how Rachel Ostevich is cut as well. And then there, there's going to be about 60 cuts coming. And I think that if you looked at the list, it's probably pretty easy to kind of find out who's going to get cut. Dana's very serious about making an environment that's less about this bullshit, even this new boxing match between Floyd Mayweather and, and one of the Paul brothers. He's less about this flashy bullshit and he's, he wants to make the best matchups possible and he wants people who are going for gold. So like you said, the older guys, a guy like Yoel Romero who's dropped a lot of fights recently, has missed a lot of weight recently. I'm not surprised. He also commands a high paycheck, obviously. So I'm excited to see what's moving forward. And I think a cleanup is definitely in this COVID era as well as is long overdue. I think, I think I'm, I'm actually, this is good news as far as I'm concerned. Um, Dan, do you have your second news? Because that was my first news as well. Yeah, my, I mean, my second one is something that we've talked about for the past couple of episodes. It's Izzy's grappling adventures. Him and Brad Riddell have been training at Atos Jiu-Jitsu, which is the home to many world champions. The current two guys that, as I talked about on an episode ago, um, split the Nogi World Championships just a week or two ago. But they both actually just received purple belts from Andre Galvao, a guy who's in a direct lineage to Carlos and Hoist Gracie, um, a guy who's an absolute legend of the sport, one of the greatest of all time. And I'm, I'm pretty impressed to see kind of Izzy progressing in something that's so foreign to him and something that he obviously needs to be continue his pace of greatest of all time and undefeated champion. Yeah, and you, we were talking about how the guy who defeated him in kickboxing twice, no less, Oliveira, I believe. What's his Michel name? Michel Pejea. Oh No, is it? Not Michelle. Not Michelle. Yeah, we already have uh, a Michelle Pejea. Alex. Yeah. That's right. And so we've talked about him entering into the MMA scene, and I think that this is just another way for Izzy to solidify himself as far as being confident. Because we've seen the, the ability he has on the feet. And I think he just really wants to solidify that groundwork to make sure that no matter where the fight goes, 
he feels comfortable and able to win. And so I actually am quite excited for that one. I know we've touched on it before, but I, I even though I, 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 I am anti-Izzy, seeing him develop to become a world-class overall mixed martial artist, I actually think I've become significantly more of a fan. It's the fact that he came in and I think that he, he has holes in his game that have yet to be exploited. And so this is... Well, we, we know he's a world-class kickboxer. And we've yet to see that he's a world-class mixed martial yes. artist. And I guess yes. that's what yes. you're saying. Yeah, you're that's all I've ever been saying. Together. Yeah, that's all and I've we, ever been saying. We love it. Yeah. We love yeah. it. We would love to we see love it. Bingo. It's not that I, I have nothing against Izzy as a person. I just want to see when people are revering this new person as the GOAT. I want to see somebody who genuinely... Has an answer everywhere. Yes, everywhere. I want them to be a full, well-rounded mixed martial artist. And so I'm happy to hear this news and I want him to continue on the journey. Maybe become a black belt and and continue along to becoming... The like last he thing, he, he actually mentioned that he didn't think he deserved the purple belt at, I did at hear that point in time. And I he did thought hear that. that it was a little bit premature, but... Um, I trust and- Andrea Gaval. He's, he's yeah. absolutely one of the brightest minds in jiu-jitsu and one of the most legendary names in the sport. Not only that, but I actually like hearing that out of Izzy because it shows lack of contentment. That he's getting a award like a purple belt and he still sees nothing but improvement ahead of him. And I, I love to see guys like that. That's a fire that very few guys have. Um, my second news, and it's a small one and it's an expected one, but it's some notable injury suspensions um, for this most recent fight night. I have down um, that it's a 60 day suspension, but I actually think it might be a 180 day suspension from reading the article, but notable names that have a long layoff after their most recent fight is, Oh no, six. I have 60 days. It's six months. So these two guys are facing six months. Uh, medical suspensions the two guys noted are jack hermanson he's dealing with a left fractured orbital and that he suffered in the fight which makes his um performance even more impressive the fact that he fought through that to continue to work down through the later rounds i don't know what round it was suffered in but regardless i thought it was the last punch of the night and the other guy is uh jamail hill no less a guy who we thought was good yeah exactly danny's reaction was taken back by that because it's someone who you wouldn't think had a lot of damage. And actually this damage was suffered from his output. Uh, apparently he has some issues with his, with his left hand. I don't know if it's a broken left hand or, but he needs clearance on his left hand before uh, regaining or having permission to continue to maybe a knuckle or something. Yeah, it could be anything. So those are the two notable ones. There were three other guys. I know Damon Jackson was one. Uh, he, he's got, 180 he got, days he got absolutely KO'd though that one no he did he was he was he got crunched there was a couple big names so we got Jacker Manson 180 days until cleared Marvin Vittori's got 45 days for the cut Ovin St. Preux's got 45 days 30 day no contact Jamail Hill has the 180 day pending an extra in the left hand uh, what else do we got? Delete's got no suspension because he absolutely worked him, which I think is hilarious. Oh, John Allen was another one who has 180 days. He needs an MRI and extra on his right ankle. Matt Wyman only has 45 days, shockingly, after that vicious KO. Uh, Jordan Levitt, no suspension. Louise I mean, Smoker, Matt Wyman's got to be on that list of 60. 
There's no way. I agree. I agree with you. This I agree. It's an obvious you. one. Yeah, I agree with you. Ilya Tapuria, no suspension. Damon Jackson has 180 days, nasal fracture. And then Jan Vellante's got 30 days. Oh, Jake Collier was another one. 180 days or uh, because of a left lateral orbital wall. They so, were throwing. Yeah, they know. He was bleeding, too. Yeah. But so there was a good amount of injury suspensions from this last card, but the, but the notable ones I wanted to highlight were Jack Hermanson and Jamail Hill. They'll be gone for a fat minute at least. So that definitely, I don't know if that'll impinge on the cuts at all because they'll need bodies, but those two guys are down for a little bit. Uh, Dan, do you have any more news and notes for this last week? I don't. I got one. Me, me neither. You got one. Kobe, country club Kobe, coming in with the notes. Let's hear it. Per Arya Hawani, we got a couple of matchmakers matches made. Uh, Dominic Cruz and Casey Kenny in March. That's a big yep. step up for Casey yes. Kenny. Looking I'm forward really to that. I'm really glad one. you added that. Yeah, that's a Super huge exciting. step up. And, and we've, then, we at the Ankle Pick Pod have been longtime riders to Casey Kenny. So that's a big step up. Excited to see the line on that one. The next one is also, this is talked about, this is less confirmed than that March fight, but Colby Covington, Jorge Masvidal. That wouldn't be fun. Oh, wow. What kind of steps have you seen? I'm sorry. This I've heard rumblings about it forever and ever, but like that's all I've heard is rumblings. What kind it of is, steps have you kind of it's heard? It's targeted per Ari Hawani. I don't know if that means enough to That's more than that's, – that's waves. Yeah, that's, that's waves. more than I thought. And sometimes Ari Hawani goes out there and trolls, though. The one thing for those listeners who aren't really aware of why that's such a big fight – they're, they are long time, long time friends. They grew up to, they like grew up through the mix, not grew up, but they started out their early careers together, training together, even living together at one point, And they soured as, as best friends. So that one has some out of the cage issues as well, which is super exciting to see. Cause that one's going to be fire. fire. There's a fun video I'll send to the group uh, that always makes me cry kind of documenting I've their seen relationship that. Uh, it, I've seen that it video. is heart-wrenching yeah it is it, it, if it you've is. ever and grappled with anyone if you've ever boxed with anyone one time it, that's a bond being yep. a training partner with someone for years and years preparing them for fights victory and defeat being there every every step of the way it's a whole other set of emotions and, and living together out is just living together i mean there were ventures of them when women were over and they were i mean it was crazy it is crazy and so obviously kobe has colby has this new persona that he's doing and then jorge's gone his own way but I, man and that's a, that's no easy fight for game bread after that masvidal fight so if that one's dude I, if that actually happens kobe that's big big news Maybe we can get a little ticker first broken on ankle pick pot. Who knows? So that's it for news and notes. Unless Kobe, no other fights, right? Yep. That's it for news and notes. All right. So before we get into this next week's card, including featured prelims and the main event challenge, skip ahead. If you don't want to listen to that, if you've gone this far, you've already, you might already listen to it, but we are going to have some early access to our plays later uh, for this upcoming week's card. It's going to be right after the main event challenge. Kobe and I are going to talk about my personal play this week and then also Kobe's 1-0 parlay of the week to continue on into the early betting before the lines get out of out of hand. So tune in for the full, full uh, podcast to listen to that or go ahead and skip ahead to the, to the last five minutes or so 
so you can make sure you can get those plays in. That's really where the value's at on this podcast, and we appreciate you. Reese said it right. I don't want to act like I know what I'm talking about with my parlay of the week, but Reese's early action is where you're going to make your cash because that's an early play acting on early lines based off of our dot five episodes where he's setting the spread. And so that's where the action is going to be able to get some green in your pockets. And that's all, that's all we're here for at the end of the day. We love getting drunk. We love buying booze. We love entertaining you guys, but we're all about the bets. We're all about the money. And so tail early before the lines get, get out of hand. And until next week, boys, we appreciate you. What's up angle pickers. We're back with the featured prelims for this upcoming week. So we have early prelims, prelims, then the main event due to the fact that there's a pay-per-view card. They go all the way to the early prelims trying to trick us, staying away with the marketing. So started off, we have Chase Hooper. This card starts at 5.30, by the way, this Saturday, 5.30 Central on December 12th. So starting off with Featherweight, we have Chase Hooper versus Peter Barrett. Peter Barrett feature, uh, was an ex um, Tuesday Night Contender Series alum, and he also has a fight in the – UFC already. Danny, you wanted to actually touch on this one. Yeah, so this, this one's I'm actually decently excited about. They're both coming off of a loss in a little bit um, the same capacity, kind of just a guy that was too much for them, and they both lost unanimous decisions. Chase Hooper is a, he's kind of known for being the youngest guy on the roster. He's got great jujitsu. He's got terrible striking. The only thing that I think is interesting about this matchup is Peter Barrett has a bad habit of clinching when he doesn't know what else to do. And you clinch against a guy like Chase Hooper and he'll have you submitted in the next 20 seconds. And I kind of see, the reason I say this is I like Chase Hooper round one. I'm going to take the prop of Chase Hooper round one probably going forward. Because the line is super steep, in Chase's favor and I don't think that there's any value playing him straight up and because Barrett has this tendency to grapple when he's kind of scared or or, or in a frenzy or whatever and that's not going to be good against a guy with the quick submission skills like Chase Hooper I think Chase is going to get it done the second they lock up and I think that Peter's going to lock up too early so I think that there might be some value on that prop here I agree with you. And also, Chase Hooper is little Ben Askren, as I like to call him, because they look identical with that little Jufro. So moving on, we is the G Lang fight still G Liang fight still going on as followed? I heard no, it is not. Okay, that fight's been scratched against Dwight Grant. So we have Sergey Spivak Spivak versus Jared Vandera. Um, I, yeah, neither of us have any notes on that quite yet. Whether we bet it or not has remained to be seen. Good time to plug. Go over to Twitter at Ankle Pick Pod. Also DK Capper MMA. Also Kingpin MMA for your latest capping news. I guess I don't know. And Country Club Kobe doesn't have a Twitter yet. And so moving on. To, so that's the that does it for the pre, uh, early prelims. So then the regular prelim card happens at seven, and that again is if no fights get scratched, which at this point in time seems like it's impossible. Um, starting off, that we have women's strawweight uh, Tisha Torres against Sam Hughes. That fight's just is a standard women's strawweight fight. Tisha Torres, though, just came off a really good upset her last time out. We have a featherweight fight against Gavin Tucker versus Billy Q, Billy Quintrillo. He was another guy who I believe was on the Tuesday Night Contender Series. 
He showed up. Gavin Tucker is a guy who I've been a longtime fan of, really longtime fan of, all the way back to when he got his ass kicked uh, a while back. So I'm a big fan of Gavin Tucker. And so I probably riding him as a dog here. I definitely need to tape more on Billy Q. I've seen him every UFC appearance he's had and even in the, in the regional circuit as well. But I'd like to just refresh on him to see if he has what it takes. And I know that Danny actually is a contradicting point on that one, which is interesting because we really do agree most of the time. Danny, what are you thinking in that one? Yeah, I'm still pretty early on my, on my taping for the week. But a guy that I have definitely checkmarked as someone of note is Billy Q, Billy Quarantillo. He is coming in on an eight-fight win streak, and a lot of that has to do with his technical striking and his, his gas tank. His gas tank is really the thing that I note. And I think if you can't go 15, if you can't have your 45th minute be at the same pace as your first, Billy Q's got an advantage over you. And so this is a place with a pretty tight line that I think is some decent value for Billy Q. There is obviously going to be an official play on, on our Twitter. And this is before taping, but I do like Billy Q here preliminarily. I agree with you. I just, I mean, I don't agree with you. I, I agree with you with the cardio concern. The only thing is this is a three round prelim bout. And so Gavin Tucker can easily push the pace for two, two and a half, you, you'd think. So we'll see here. I just think as far as like being well-rounded in the skill sets that you bring to the table, especially in the wrestling front, I would be surprised if Gavin Tucker gets out wrestled or outstruck by Billy Q. We'll see though. Cause Rick Glenn gave him a work over. That was the fight that I recently was talking about. I, he, he's an up-and-coming Canadian prospect, prospect, not Rick Glenn, uh, Gavin Tucker. And so he got his ass kicked when I was following through the regional scene. So moving along the prelim card, we have Mackenzie Dern, which was, if you tuned in earlier, if you didn't skip ahead, is our ankle lock of the week. Mackenzie Dern is fighting Janaroba. We've been on Janaroba a couple times now on the podcast, definitely at least once. And Mackenzie Dern's the favorite here. And that's going to be a jiu-jitsu match for sure. That's over at women's straw weight. And I actually really like Mackenzie Dern here. She, I got her at minus 170. She steamed up a little bit farther. So the second you listen to this, I would recommend you placing Mackenzie Dern here. She's really, I think, as far as women's MMA jiu-jitsu go, uh, definitely holds the crown. And I think Danny's inclined to agree with me. Dan, you had a couple notes on this one as well. Yeah, definitely. Um, Mackenzie Dern is absolutely awesome coming off of sub-win after sub-win. Both of these ladies have absolutely great Brazilian jiu-jitsu, but I do think that I have to lean Mackenzie Dern here. Her really only red flag is that accent. She's born and raised in the United States, and has, that accent seemed to have has become more and more broken English as the time has worn on. But I guess that knowledge, has, that space in her brain has just been replaced by chain wrestling and jujitsu she has no room for the english language anymore so i can see i can see an early mackenzie dern sub happening yeah i and that's where i'm at too with it almost to a t so again ankle lock six and two so far this year so follow while you still have a chance uh, and then capping off the prelims we have cub swanson versus daniel pineda Dan, big fan of Cub Swanson here. This is actually going to be a tough fight for him. What are you thinking? Go Cubs. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Go Cubs. I'm a big Cub Swanson fan. He's one of the most fun guys on the roster. He's definitely one of the guys who initially got me hooked, 
who really I became a fan of. Obviously, you look at the guys he's lost to in Ortega, Edgar, and Adam Moicano, Shane Burgos. It's killers, but he's clearly on a decline. There's nothing I, – I get really happy when Cub, win, Cub wins fights. So let's go Cub this weekend. But I don't really yeah. see this as an opportunity to win money. So, Dan, talking about the opportunity to win money, and just a quick note on the prelims before we get into the glorious main event challenge. So Daniel Pineda is a guy <clears> – <throat> I remember watching the UFC a long time ago. And this is like God. Uh, let me pull up his shirt. So he was fighting in the UFC all the way in 2012. And that's when I remember seeing him, which really ages me a little bit. But he had a stint in the UFC for a long time. He ended up going to, he ended up getting cut, went to LFC, then Bellator, then LFA. He's been all over the place. Most recently in PFL, where he had two no contests. And then he got back into UFC just recently. And he's standing at 35 years of age. And he just had a win, an impressive win, over Herbert Burns. I, I think you remember that. I think we actually might have been on Herbert Burns in that card. Was that TK? Was that not a bad weight cut for Herbert? I think he missed weight by a couple pounds and showed up injured in the octagon. It might have been. It, it was the Miocic Cormier three card, but nonetheless, I, I know that P- Pineda was coming into the ring at like a minus or a plus 230, 240, 250 dog. So, regardless, it's a good win and it aged well, regardless of what was happening to Herbert Burns. So, the reason why I bring this up is because he's on a one fight win streak in the UFC. He's obviously a seasoned veteran. And he leans towards submissions, having 18 submissions. But the way he beat Herbert Burns was TKO. The line on this one's interesting. The line on this one right now, as of Tuesday night, is uh, where is she? I just saw it like five seconds ago. Cub Swanson's plus 135. Daniel Pineda minus 155. Daniel Pineda is minus 155 here. That one shocked me a little bit personally. I don't know if there's value. You'll find out later. Follow Ankle Pick Pod. But just something of note is that I thought Cub was going to be a favorite for sure after a guy who's got cut from the UFC and has just recently made his appearance again. I don't know if you have any comment on that, but that was something that really blew me away. Yeah, it definitely surprises me. I'm. I'll probably end up being on Cub for at least a sprinkle. I love him. Yeah. And always root for him to succeed. Yeah. And that's the thing is our, our uh, earlier in the week uh, pick the spread episode does not do the prelim. So we're either finding out these lines when we do research or right now on the spot. So that's something that's interesting to me. So going off the prelims, so that's all the prelims for this week's card on the 12th. And the main event, uh, the main card is going to start at 7 p.m., I believe, on this Saturday. So, Kobe, if you could update us with, or no, 9 p.m., sorry. Main event, or main card starts at 9 p.m. this Saturday, pay-per-view. Brandon Moreno, Devers and Figadero headlines this card. Kobe, can you update us on the main event challenge thus far and how we're looking? I know I'm in a tough spot. My favorite part of the week to update us on where we're at is the main event challenge. 176 for Country Club Cobe. We've got a battle going on two through five. DK in second, tied for second, 146. Shiner also tied for second, 146. Parker, one back in fourth, 145. And Reese bringing up the rear, 143. We've got some punishments attached to last place, and we've got two events left in the calendar year. So there's 
a lot of jockeying to do here between now and December 31st. I think Shiner should lose half a point every week just because he's Shiner. I think Shiner should just get guaranteed last. And I, I think we can all agree to that. But Coming from the guys behind Shiner. Good to know. <laughs> you should have like somebody who's not like in on this. Tismus fuckers. Maybe Hannah should be like deciding factor. Shiner either comes in last or not. I agree with that. I actually agree with that. I think I'm we make picks and see where it goes. All right, I I'm think regardless, well. Shiner's not going to be invited to the January road trip to whatever combat sports event is happening. So if he can't participate in the punishment, he can't participate in the standings. We'll get that Bogdan, Bogdanovich on the award show that's going to come up here after next week's card. So starting off with the main event, so Kobe just Hold on. Through. Before we get into it, before we get into the main event and the, and the main card, We've got a pronunciation of the week. Parker's just rejoined oh. the pod. God, who am I? Go ahead, Parker. You rejoined. I've been here the whole time. Call it how you see it. Junior Dos Santos is fighting in the main card. The first fight of the main card. Park, this is a tester. Why would someone name their child this? <laughs> it's a real gain. Oh, who said he was going to say gain? Boom. I, so I Dan said it was my second option. I, I said Gane was going to be better. But Gane was, yeah. What is it? Cyril Gane. He's French, so it's a soft A. Okay, Gane. well, I'm sorry okay, for the who's... listeners for not, for not. Surreal, honestly, that, that was where I thought it was going to trip you up more than Surreal. That was pretty close. Yeah, that, that was not terrible. I have one more. I had you pegged for Kirill. Who's fighting Raphael? Who's fighting Raphael Fizia? Uh, that one is what you should have done. Um, I'm gonna save that for next week. <laughs> no, 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 no. Let's see what we've got. Uh, Renato <laughs> Moyacano. Hey, see, like that's pretty close. It, it, we got the Brazilian R, so it's Renato. But it was definitely he definitely was farther away on that one than Cyril Gan. Cyril Gan, he was right there. I still want to mention the fact that Danny thinks I'm the biggest idiot ever and try to give me like Okay. Okay, I'm sorry. How do you pronounce Conor McGregor? Like that was like I, I, okay. He he, he, I he have not been paying attention. All right, Parker, who, the... Parker, who's fighting Jack Ray Souza? <laughs> you find <laughs> find Jack Ray Souza. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're getting Bogdan Bogdanovich here. Let's proceed on to the main event challenge. We're going to go Danny, myself, Parker, Kobe, and we'll start it off with Danny over in the main event challenge. Dan, the first fight this week, again, starting at 9 p.m., is going to be Junior Dos Santos versus Cyril Gan. Who you got and why and by how? I've talked a, a lot that I'm a big Cyril Gan fan. He's Definitely my favorite prospect at heavyweight. This is definitely the toughest test of his career. I was shocked if you caught the 0.5 episode at what the line was. Hmm. Fact. Go in back and honesty, watch it if you haven't. In all honesty, I'm probably going to end up betting JDS. But Cyril Gon's my dude. Um, I'm taking Cyril Gon here. And I'm going to go by decision shockingly because I don't think that Cyril gets JDS out with a sub and I think that Cyril is going to come in pretty apprehensive with JDS's kickboxing credentials and his ability to counter 
Okay, so as our main event challenge game is scored is you get two points for the right pick and one point for the method, correct? And so I'm actually excited here because I think I'm going to pick up a point on Dan. I'm pretty confident in this one. I too am going to go Cyril gone, even though I'm betting. I might be betting. We'll see. Go follow us at Ankle Pick Pod. I might be betting JDS, but I think Cyril Gon's kickboxing pedigree is going to get it done. And the thing that I've seen out of JDS recently is the thing that concerns me and the thing and the reason why I think we're actually going to see a finish here instead of, of it hitting the cards. So JDS is a guy that I love. And I think he's like one of the greatest faces of the sport, super genuine guy, 36 years old. And he's on a three fight skid, all three of which have ended by TKO KO and all three of which the Francis and Ghanu lasted a minute and they didn't engage for the first minute. So it lasted 11 seconds. And again, it's Francis and Ganu, but he folded like a lawn chair long before Francis hit him with anything worthy. The biggie, Blades, boy fight, the biggie boy fight lasted eight minutes and 47 seconds. You think biggie boy hits less hard than not less Ghanu? hard, not less hard. I think more that the fact that when people pile it on, on JDS, JDS is a legend. JDS is a guy that, more likely than not actually almost definitely is not going to contend for a title again. So he's a guy who's in there and he's going to get paid championship or main event money, especially on a pay-per-view. I think he's perfectly content going in there, seeing a round, round and a half and calling it an afternoon. And with Cyril Gans kickboxing pedigree, I think that he's going to find that to be overwhelming almost all too fast. So I'm going to go Cyril Gans by KOTKO. And I'm feeling okay. actually pretty good about that one. I'm feeling pretty good about that one because I think what I've seen out of JDS, I've seen JDS throughout his entire career. And what I've seen out of him most recently has actually concerned me about how badly he actually wants to be in there. Parker, what are you thinking? Uh, I'm going to also go serial gone. Um, KO. Okay. He's with, he's also with Shiner. Just wanted to put that out there. What'd you say? Also just fuck Shiner. You're preaching to the choir here. Uh, Country Club Kobe, you're leading the caboose here. What are you thinking? Yeah, I'm also gone KO. So is that chalk? Con- what is it? it? Is. What are the numbers it on this? It's chalk. He's Country Club Kobe throughout the podcast, but I think for main event challenge, we need to just go Vegas Kobe. What's Change the number on decision? Bit. So decision, let me get it up right now because I had it. So, um, gone wins by decision is plus three ten. Okay. Gone wins by KOTKO minus 125. Gone wins by submission plus 1,200. I, I re- if you look deeply at uh, my kind of cold run and gambling this past couple of weeks, it's the props and parlays that have really, really, really been the bad apple. This is a prop that I like. Better like learn that lesson. Dan, as a gambler, you better learn that lesson earlier rather than later. You're taking those high choose props and and uh, parlays. Damn right. Yeah, earlier better than later. So moving along, after Vegas Kobe rides chalk as expected, we have the next card on the card, which is Jacare Souza, Ronaldo Souza versus Kevin Holland. Kevin Holland recently scratched off a main event, I believe, last week, and so we got moved to this card against Jacare. And that fight is the second fight. So who's Danny? You're leading off. Who you like in this one and why, or by how rather? 
This one's really tough for me. Kevin Holland has looked absolutely terrific this year. He's, I mean, if he gets a win here, he's a shoe-in for fighter of the year in my book. So this is a legend. This is this is a really, really interesting one for me. I'm gonna go Kevin Holland by decision. What I've seen from Jock Ray as of late doesn't lead me to believe he gets this fight to the mat, although he obviously has a major advantage there. I think Kevin Holland cannot point him. I don't think he gets him out of there. Let's go Holland decision. So all I saw there was Danny setting himself up for an excuse when he does pitifully on this main event challenge. And the reason why is because I'm fading him yet again. I'm taking Jacare Souza, and I'm actually pretty confident in this one. And I'm actually going to do it by decision, no less. I think that this fight might be one of the clearer fights in the card. Stay tuned. Again, I, I want to tape more thoroughly before fully placing my hard-earned cash on it. Think about Jacare is he is on the wrong side of 40, which is definitely noted. He's also on a two-fight skid. But again, they're against Jack Hermanson, who we just recently saw, Jan Blahovich, who's currently the champion. It, it's not like – and that was a split decision. It's not like he's losing – dropping these these – easy-ass fights. The thing is, if you go back and watch Kevin Holland's fights, which I've done so far this week, he fought Darren Stewart, which he even went to Dana White and said he lost that fight, which is obviously, I mean, that's not great. Go back and take the Brendan Allen fight as well while you're at it, because Brendan Allen went, got takedowns on, takedowns on Kevin Holland like I'm trying to wrestle a kindergartner. Not even kidding. It was easy. I mean, it was free cheddar. And he lost that via submission. I think Jacare Souza not only can get this to the mat at will, but I think he can also do what he wants on the mat. And I think that Kevin Holland benefits more when it's a distance range striking bout, and that's not what this is going to be. I'm on Jacare Souza, and I'm by decision. I love that take. Go ahead. I might even switch. No, too late. Too late. Too, you're too late. <laughs> Holland decision. Kobe. I'm on Jacare Souza by sub. Wow, I love that, Kobe. Yeah, I don't mind. The, dude, I actually don't mind the sub here at all. That was what I was tossing between. I just think that Sosa can grind it out in the scorecards. Sosa by submissions plus 225, though, and that is how Kevin Holland lost to Brendan Allen. So if for whatever reason you don't want to pay the minus 110, which really isn't that big of a deal, that definitely is a decent outlet. So, by the way, that Brendan Allen fight that he lost by sub was five fights ago for him. It was October 2019. He's been very active this year. 2020 fighter of the year. Don't get me wrong. He's been very active this year, but he won a split decision over Darren Stewart, which he notably said, I lost that bout. He beat Buckley, which he had an extreme reach advantage on. And it played into his game plan. I mean, like. That was an easy fight to call. That was a fun one. Right. And then his most recent fight was. That was on the Omariak meta Chris Weidman card. Was it not? Right. And then the most recent fight against Charlie, whatever the fuck his name is. That was a TKO slam, and we all know that Charlie shouldn't even have been in that fight in the cage. He shouldn't have. It was a disservice to him. I think that Jacare Souza is an elite talent and an elite grappler, and this would be like a warm knife through butter for him. So most likely you'll see me betting him on this week's card. Moving along, we have Renato. Wait, how did, how did Parker say it? Renato Maicano. No. We have uh, Moicano versus Rafael Fiziev. And Danny, you're going first. I love to uh, continuing off of last week. 
Fiziev is a prospect I love. He's got unbelievable kickboxing for this lightweight division. Tiger Muay Thai guy, a guy who trains with the best, spars with the best. I've got him here. Um, I'm going to go Fiziev by... I'm going to go Fiziev by KOTKO. Okay. No, I'm going Fiziev by decision. Moicano's quick. Fiziev by decision. This is interesting. I don't know if Danny's new work schedule is going to allow him to to not be able to tape going forward. I think that Fiziev came on the scene in the UFC – and he beat Alex White, which is whatever. And I think the Mark DeCasey is the fight that really sticks in people's mind when you look at this guy. And he obviously outperformed. I believe he might have even been a dog in that fight. So that definitely fight was, a dog. Yeah, he was definitely a dog in that fight. So that really showed his ability to fight and how he belongs. Moicano, he's lost to Jose Aldo, who we all talk about as a featherweight goat. Beat Cub Swanson, who was most recently on this fight, by submission, no less. And also has, has a loss to Korean Zombie, who we all know, has a, we all hold the utmost respect for. So I don't really hold these losses against Moicano. I think that he's a guy who has an amazing skill set and has the ability to beat anybody. I think also being 31, he's just about hitting his prime of his career. And I think those losses actually will be beneficial for him long-term. He's fought top of the top guys in the featherweight division. So with all that preamble, I'm actually going to be on Moicano. Now I am between decision and submission because I think that submission is really where he has the edge. I just think in a three round bout and Fiziev never losing by submission makes it harder to pick submission. I still think I'm going to, Fucking do it anyways. Fuck it. Moicano by submission. Let's roll. Uh, I'm not going to take as long to get through the fucking alphabet like Reese did. Uh, Fiziev decision. That hurt my feelings, but I'm going to pretend like that's not a thing. I'm also on Fiziev by decision, and he's kind of the anchor of my uh, undefeated parlay of the week that we kicked off last week. I love it. We'll get to that post-main event challenge, but moving on. Okay, so hurrying along, on the next fight, we have the co-main event, Tony Ferguson versus Charles Oliveira. This one's been long debated. If you tune into the .5 episode, we had a lot to say about it. Danny, start it off. This one is so tough for me. I love both these guys. I love them both stylistically. The question is, is Tony Ferguson over the hill or not? Charles Oliveira has absolutely every answer for him in every skill set. He loves the pressure game. He loves the jujitsu game. They both are super unorthodox. We noted how the, how Vegas has kind of swayed Tony's way because of the name and because of how good he is. I see myself on Charles Oliveira come fight night. I'm going to go Charles Oliveira and I'm going to go, this is a shitty pick. I'm going to go Charles Oliveira by sub, even though I don't think that Tony Ferguson's going to get tapped. This is a crazy well, one. He, he He's not going to get knocked out. Yeah, he could always go to sleep. I, so you got you got Oliveira by sub? Yep. I'll make and this I, one quick I, and sweet. 
I got Ferguson by KOTKO. I think whether it's on the bottom and he slices him up with elbows or it's on the feet and he pieces him apart. I think Oliveira, although phenomenal, he's on the right, I believe he's on the right side of 30. And I think he'll, he'll eventually get to the point and this will be a big, a big learn. He's 31. So he's just over the hump in his prime. I think this is going to be a good lesson, a learning experience for him, but he's fighting a guy who's on, was on an 11 or 12 fight win streak before running into Justin Gaethje. I think he can lose both on the ground and on the feet, but I, I imagine the feet and Tony Ferguson's going to be desired method. So I'm going to go Tony Ferguson by KOTKO. Parker. I'm also on the Ferguson train. I'm going to go by sub. I fuck with that. I fuck with that a lot, actually. Kobe. Ferguson, I just don't see him getting knocked out. He's got good ground game. I'm going to be on Tony. Fuck, I guess I'll stick by decision. This is a three-round wow. fight? Wow. It, it's a three-round fight, right? Yeah, this is three rounds. All right, decision. As a co-main, wow. So Danny's out on the island on Oliveira here, picking the dog. I respect the shit out of it, and I would not be surprised. So continuing on with the main event challenge, we have the main event, the one that's scheduled on very short notice because we have, Danny, you're more in tune with this. What, what, what was the main event that got scratched? You wanted to touch on this. De- definitely. So this one is an interesting one. It started out with that two-title fight. Uh, headliners with Nunez versus Anderson and Usman versus Burns both got scratched. We got Jan versus Sterling for a temporary band-aid and that also got scratched. So now I don't want to say stuck with because this is an absolutely terrific fight. Exciting as hell. It's flyweights. It's 125. It's my favorite division. Davison Figueredo and Brandon Moreno. There you go. That's as good of an introduction as any. So go ahead and continue with that with your pick. Let's hear it. Definitely. This one's easy for me. As we just touched on, I'm a big Brazil guy. I'm going Davison Figueredo. I'm going and still. And I'm going to go actually by sub. We saw Brandon Moreno try and show off his jujitsu game, and he actually really impressed me with his performance. Uh, I think it was over Roy Val, like just two, three weeks ago. He out grappled him. Davison's a whole other animal. I would, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised at all if Davison knocks his ass out. But I'm going to go Davison by sub because I love BJJ. I love Brazil, and I won't be left off of a sub pick. All right, Dan, I love that. And the thing is, too, if you listen to our point five episode that happens on Monday, as I've already plugged four times. We were actually talking about this one. Danny gave me a free point because I knew this line was going to be well into the 300s. And it is. It's currently sitting at minus 300. And I am not shockingly on Figadero here. And the reason why I was last, last time out, I was on Reyes, got burned bad as he got absolutely demolished by this new face of the franchise type guy. Brandon Moreno, I've been watching for a really long time. And I was watching him even back when, he was making his UFC debut and then they cut the, they were trying to cut the flight division. Moreno left. He got another racked up another three or four wins on the regional circuit came back and has absolutely been on a tear. I think that Brennan Moreno absolutely has a place in this division. I think he has the mindset and the striking and the grappling ability to make it be a mainstay here. 
I just think Davis and Figueroa is the type of guy that really is a long, has the longevity to be the face of this division. And honestly, I just want it pinned in as a little sub note. Would not be surprised if Suhudo comes back and tries to fight Figueroa after he staples his legacy a little bit, because that could be a big money fight. So I think Figueroa is just the English language away from being an absolute superstar. I'm going to go Figueroa. And the problem, the biggest problem with this pick is I could see it going by KO or sub. I, that part's the tough part for me. I think that Figueroa has the ability to end it everywhere. So whether it's a KO, a club and sub, or just a straight grappling match submission, either way, I think Figueroa has the edge. I'm going to go KO-TKO. And the reason why is because I think Moreno's more inclined to stand and bang with him. And I think that that's the reason why it's going to end in KO-TKO. If it does hit the mat, Figueroa's going to be just fine there as well. I, I'm just, I'm more inclined to see this on the feet. Figueredo, KO. The last thing I'll say is there are five Brazilians fighting in each of the five main event slots. I'll set the over under at 2.0. Who takes the over? I'm not taking over two, but I'll take over one and a half. Wait, no. For Brazilians wait. winning in main I, event I, fights. I was thinking about this earlier. Figue- yeah. Figueredo, Oliveira, Moicano, Souza, JDS. There's one Brazilian in every single main I'll event. I'll take slot. exactly two, by the way. Based on my picks, based on my picks, I have I have two and a half's great. I have three. That's a good, that's a great line. That's actually an interesting thing to look at. I let's actually do this really quick. We got every single person on the main card. There's one Brazilian fighting. I have I got Reese, three. you have Souza, you have Moicano, you have Figueroa. Yeah, I got three, so I'm taking the over two and a half. DK, you have Oliveira and Figueredo. So you're under two and a half. I'm taking exactly two. two. I set the line at two, so I'm taking the under two and a half. Yeah. Wow. I feel, I feel you, Kobe. I like that. I, yeah, That's no, I, I don't want over or under anything. I want exactly two. Uh, well, based anyways. on these lines, based on these lines, that's where Vegas would be at is exactly two on that. I'm on so, Figueredo in the main event. Yeah. I'm on Figueredo by club and sub. Wow. He had Perez by traditional sub. He had Joe B by club and sub. And then he had Joe B prior to that by KO, but whatever. Figueredo by sub. And Dan, you had by sub or what? Sub. Uh, yes. Yes. Okay, cool. So before we finish up, we just ended out the main event challenge. Kobe ended on Figueredo by club and sub. We're going to go ahead and get you some early plays so you can get some line value here early in the week. We're recording this on Tuesday night. So if you place it now, you'll probably most likely get some value on these lines because they usually fade in the wrong direction. So you'll get my one play that's already locked in. And then you're also going to get Country Club Kobe's parlay of the week, which is currently 1-0. So you love to see that. So the one play I like this week, not surprisingly, is going to be the ankle lock of the week in Mackenzie Dern. I think that her submission skills are going to really lead this one if you listen earlier in the podcast you'll be able to hear the full breakdown on that one along with the pre the featured prelims so we talked about it a couple times so i don't want to keep repeating myself but mackenzie dern for two to four units honestly here is fine i got her at minus 170 on sunday night she's currently at minus 185 opened at 165 but i would get that in sooner rather than later i think that she's gonna people are gonna really some of the late sharp action is going to really come in on Dern with her jiu-jitsu skills and her prowess for MMA jiu-jitsu rather than just the, the 
tournament jiu-jitsu. So I like uh, Mackenzie Dern there. And then Kobe, you have your parlay of the week. It's currently one and oh, people. One and oh. So ride it before it's too late. Kobe, go ahead. What do you got this week? I don't want to step on too big of a limb here. It's one and oh, positive 1.07 units. We had last week on Delice. Delice Tapuria. Um, but, you know, I, I've got a keen eye listening to the analysts here, and that's where I'm making my plays from. So this week's parlay of the week, we got a little bit of a steeper line, plus 238. It's Fiziev, Figueredo, and our ankle lock of the week, Mackenzie Dern. Wow. So those three wow. all to win, straight up, plus 238. That's the parlay of the week, currently sitting at 1-0, and we will hope to see you at 2-0 come the last event of the year and that and that really is a juicy parlay there just because as you've heard both Danny and I talk about Mackenzie Dern as the lock and then you also heard the unanimous sweep on the main event challenge for Figueroa which I'm sure as you're sitting listening to this you agree with us that Figueroa really definitely has the edge here against Moreno so all you're basically gambling on there is Fizia and he's also the favorite I believe minus 155 yeah, as the up-and-coming prospect has really showed some amazing things as of recent and recently cashed as a dog. So I like where Kobe's head at, heads at here on these parlays of the week, and I'm looking forward to seeing you go 2-0. and Hoping for it. All right, that's it here for us on the main of, or the Ankle Pick Pod. We love all you guys for tuning in week in and week out. It drives us to continue to eat away at our Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday nights from all the research to the actual recording of this event. We all do it because of the support we get from you guys. So we really it's do excuses to it. drink and it's excuses to buy our booze because we're winning some cash. That's all we've ever needed is excuses. So we really do appreciate it. Go follow us one last time on ankle pick pod. We get a ton, a ton of content over there. We live tweets, the fights, tweet out the links to the podcast for easier access and also interact with some, fighters and some famous figures like Marlon's man and Ben Askren and who else Lord knows what else we get into over there. So Glad go you didn't qualify there. Ben Askren as a fighter. Yeah, I know. Well, he retired. So that is what <laughs> it is, but follow us there for a good time. We continue to keep bringing the content. This was episode 23, I believe. God damn it. goes really, yeah, it goes so MJ. fast and we're looking at MJ's right. And we're looking forward to continuing this far into the, the multi hundred. So Stick with us for the journey. We really do appreciate you all. And cue the music. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.